welcome to the no good game zone. <laughs> wow, really gonna jump in like that, are we? Should I, should I be nicer? Today we played, and I think actually today we all played it. This is all the first day that we played it, right? <laughs> it was it was yesterday for Charlie and I. Oh, okay. Well, I played it today. Yeah. And it's Sonic. It's not Sonic. Sonic's name is not anywhere in this product. It is Sega yeah. Superstars Tennis. Yep. But this is sort of the precursor to the Sonic and Sega racing, and then also, you know, the Sonic Team racing that has come out most recently. Yeah, this was produced by Sumo Digital. It's weird the arc from Sega All-Stars, or Sega Superstars, which was just like a... A tech demo? Yeah, it was a tech demo. And then we have, what if that, but instead of a tech demo, it was tennis. And then what if that, but instead it was racing, and also we featured Sonic more so that we could get more sales. And then what if that, but we remove everyone but Sonic. And make the game slightly simpler? <laughs> yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah, it's weird. But uh, I think that's all we've really got for the intro here. It's uh, It was on the PS2 and the Wii. I played it on the PS2. You guys played it on the Wii? Yeah. Charlie and I got to play it together, which was nice. Well, we shared the frustration. Yeah. Uh, for context, me and Isaiah played it on the Wii, and then Steven, you played it on the PlayStation 2. This is also on the PS3, Xbox 360, Nintendo DS, and the iMac. What? Oh. Yeah. There's a com- there's like a, a home computer version of this? Yeah, it seems so. That's wild. This doesn't strike me as a like very iMac friendly game. Like you I don't think any game does. This this would have been in <laughs> 2000 like 8 9 Eight? 2008. Well, I can look it up. That makes sense. I feel like I mean I don't I don't know much about the the PC gaming sort of atmosphere at the time because I I wasn't in charge of any financial decisions at that time in my life. It was March 18th, 2008. 2008. Yeah. But I can't imagine like it being very easy for somebody who is maybe the target demographic demographic of this game to just buy a computer game and then play it with their friends yeah i don't know anyway the wii version has three control schemes (laughs) boy back to the three control schemes well there might be four there might be four yeah we never tried out the gamecube oh that's true classic controller thing yeah weirdly enough so there are three plus control schemes we tried out three of them and out of all of them three were bad I mean, one was better than others. One one was just actually the best control scheme, and it was hold the Wii Remote sideways. You would think Wii Remote Nunchuck would be best? No. It's literally the same as using the Wii Remote by itself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you were the one who did it, Isaiah. Yeah, so, so with the Wii Remote on its own, you use the D-pad to move around and shake the Wii Remote to swing your... your uh, what's, what's Racket. It? Racket. I was like... Stick? Bat? <laughs> I forgot the word for it. Your your tennis whacker. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you hit A and B, you can do other stuff, which is relevant later. And if you if you're using the Wii Remote Nunchuck, the Nunchuck's control stick takes over for the D-pad, but also the D-pad still works, and that's it. So it's just the same. Yeah, and since you're left-handed. Oh yeah. <laughs> As a lefty, this nunchuck adds nothing to me. Because I'm like, what am I going <laughs> to... I'm going to use the D-pad in my right hand. Right. Horrible. 
<laughs> like I've done it many times in my life. Yeah. But I don't prefer it. So holding the Wii Remote sideways is best because instead of shaking the controller, you hit two or one for a different kind of swing, I think. And then you just use the D-pad, but you're holding the controller sideways. So here's an interesting thing. Yeah. On the PlayStation 2 controller, obviously the control stick moves you around yeah. and buttons do things. There's a button to activate your super, and then there are the two kind of gameplay buttons. Mm-hmm. And those are X and square for me. That's the control scheme I use. It lets you adjust it slightly. I don't even know if your guys' version would because there's so fewer buttons on the Wii remote. Yeah. But my setup was such that if I held down X, I would do one kind of swing. If I held down square, I would do another kind of swing. And then if I held down square and tapped X, I would do a third swing. And then if I held down X and tapped square, I would do a fourth swing. All right. I definitely got the vibe that there were four kinds of swings, but aside from there are two buttons, I couldn't figure out which. Yeah, I'm really... I don't like the system, especially on a PS2 controller, where there are four buttons. (laughs) And triangle and circle do nothing. On the PS2, there are four face buttons and then four trigger buttons. Well, to be fair, R1 activates your super ability. So, like... You could just you could just literally use all four of the face buttons and then R1 for the super and like we're good. Yeah, there was no need for that setup. And then it I don't know, man. It that so many of the buttons don't do anything. Yeah. At least at least on the Wii, you're like used to buttons not doing anything. Yeah, it felt to me like it was a Wii game that they ported to the PS2 and not the other way around. Yeah. I'm wondering if if that's what it was like holding two and pressing one does it differently. Because there are times when I can, like, lob the ball and times where I just make the the ball travel faster. And, like, I'm hitting the same button both times and I can't figure out which is which. Right. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I got to get this out of the way. Hitting the button, even with the the horizontal Wii remote, just seems very unresponsive. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I've been so used to playing mario tennis or even like wii sports tennis where i swing the remote or i hit the button and it does it like immediately i don't have to worry about it yeah right and i I don't know if it does it for you in your version steven but like it also just kind of homes you in on the ball yeah it feels more like pressing the button is preparing a stance as opposed to doing an action yeah like, it puts you in the getting ready to swing animation, and your only job with the control stick is to get vaguely close to the ball, and then you hold down the button and it does the rest. But you have to be in a certain position relative to the ball. Because there yeah. there have been times where, like, the ball is coming right at my face, and I'm like, oh, no problem, I'll just hit the button. And then my character will move to the right, and then swing to the right where the ball passes them on their left, and I lose. See, the thing that happens for me, and it sounds like it was happening to Charlie as well, is I would go up to hit the ball and I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm great, I know where it is, I'll go right to the ball, I'll hit the button, and absolutely nothing will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it feels terrible, because in my experience, video games are a thing where you hit a button, and then you go into an animation. And sometimes that animation doesn't hit things right away, it's got like startup on it or whatever, but you see something happen. Yeah. But this game reminds me more of the experiences I've had with stuff like actual closer to being a simulation of sports sports games Mm -hmm. like i guess my most recent example is i played 2k with some friends before and video game basketball is not my jam and 2k certainly does not impress me yeah and in that game it's also a lot of you have to kind of 
hold down inputs to get your character to kind of go in a direction, and they don't respond directly to your inputs. Yeah. They follow, like, a vague path. Yeah. It, it's, it's really weird, and this game feels similar. Like, you move a little slower than you would expect to. When you take turns, there's, like, a little bit of lag on it. You have, like, a kind of a turning radius. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't think it's a problem, but it definitely doesn't feel natural coming from something like Sonic the Hedgehog, where you have a really high degree of control over your character. Like, things are usually pretty snappy. In bad Sonic games, there's input lag, but... Well, yeah, and I, we were playing this as a Wii, and that doesn't have HDMI support, and we were playing this on HDMI TV. Oh, yeah, my I had a similar thing, and my game looked really bad because I was doing it through AV. Yeah. You know, usually I can just play a game. Like, I can immediately adjust to that kind of thing. I feel like I could never figure out the... T- like, I could never figure out why I was doing poorly. I was like, is the timing too soon or too late? I would try to adjust the timing, and, like, then I would get the feeling that my position was off, so I'd try to adjust the position, and then there would be something else wrong. And I feel like the game doesn't... It operates in a way that my brain just can't unravel, and I could never figure yeah. out how to play it, despite it having two buttons. There was also no tutorial from what I could tell. Oh, yeah. I eventually kind of got into a groove where I could figure out how to hit the ball, and I was consistently hitting the ball back. But then the problem I came to was that I had no idea how to pressure my opponent at all. It was just, like, go to the ball and hit it and hope the opponent doesn't hit it back. Yeah. Yeah. And once I got to that stage, it didn't feel good at all, and I started trying to kind of get closer to the net to pressure them, and, it, you know, the ball would fly over my head, and I would get mad, and then I would just go back to, like, the volleying strategy. Mm-hmm. And it just never quite, like, clicked with me. But I did feel like there was something to learn here. I don't think the, the system is innately terrible. It's just I think that for people who are used to playing video games that are incredibly responsive, you know, we might have a predisposition to feel bad playing this kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. But it is still weird that a game with Sonic involved operates that way. Especially a game with super moves in it. Yeah, that's true, too. It, it feels like it should be sillier, but it's actually an incredibly grounded tennis game. Yeah. That just happens to have super moves. It's not like there's all kinds of wonky stuff going on. I guess it's kind of like how the, the later racing games are kind of more serious than, like, it's just a kart racing game. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird to do tennis, of all things. Yeah, tennis was also, a like Isaiah mentioned, it's a weird move to go from just generic sort of minigame thing to tennis to racing game. Like, tennis is the connective tissue between these two concepts. Yeah. Mm. Like, even racing kind of makes sense as a jump because it's extremely like a party game situation. Yeah, and mascot racers have been a thing since very early on in video games. Yeah. Do you think we're ready to move on to the Superstars mode discussion? Yeah, Yeah. might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, so supplementary material in this game, like the sort of meat and potatoes, I guess, is the opposite of supplementary. Not sure why I chose that word. Substantive? Substantive? Substantial. Substantial. Well, no. Substantial. Oh, yeah, I understand. I think... The the substance in this game... (laughs) The main single-player mode here is the Superstars mode, which, you know, is named after the game itself. And in this mode, you can go to sort of, like, the different game worlds that are present. So you can go to Sonic's world, or you can go to the Jet Set Radio world, or you can go to the Space Channel 5 world. There's a bunch of them. And when you go to a... Like, I'm calling it a world, but it's, like... It's a it's an environment in which to play tennis. Well, it's not that flavorful either, because you go to the menu, and you just sort of get these... It's cool, it's like 3D, but there are these sort of elevated tiles that have just, like... Logos. The 
the logos, yeah, for their different series. And then, like, you highlight the Jet Set logo, and then it takes you to a menu where it's like, which mission do you want to do? And you only have one unlocked from the beginning, but if you can get at least an A rank on that mission, you unlock another one, and then you sort of work that way through. And I think there were, like, eight different missions that I got to in the Jet Set Radio one, and I didn't finish the eighth one, so my bet is that there are at least nine. <laughs> that checks out. And you don't get rewarded for most of them in the Jet Set section. You get rewarded for, I believe, the fifth and the seventh ones got me rewards, and the eighth one might have also given me a reward. I cannot remember. But basically, the things you can unlock for doing the missions are things like music and stages to play on in the regular multiplayer mode. And I'm sure you also unlock characters in this section. Like, this seems to be where you unlock everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there are at least interesting unlocks. I don't know, they, they didn't seem super interesting. It was stuff like stages and characters and music. And those things are cool, but that can't be... That's not enough of a driving factor to make the mediocre gameplay yeah. feel worth it. And also, a lot of the missions are stuff like... And I think the Mario Tennis games have this similar function where they have to deal with like a target practice type situation where, for example, in the Jet Set one, you have to fill in a tag with spray paint, basically. So this dude will come by, his name is Combo, he's actually from Jet Set, but that's not super important to this. He'll come by and throw spray paint cans at you, and if you, like, move your character on top of it, you get that color, and then as you hit balls, you have to hit the color to the spot on, like, a sort of grayed-out tag to fill it in. So, like, one of the tags is gum, and you have to fill the G with green, the U with blue, and the, uh, the M with another green. But that doesn't feel super intuitive to someone who's not used to the controls. Yeah. So it kind of just feels like you're whacking away at the ball until something happens. And again, there's no tutorial, so you you have to just really trial and error your way through it. Mm-hmm. It feels really clumsy, and then you aren't rewarded for doing better than the goal. Other than that, you just get a different letter grade. And it's not even like this game has an S rank. It's There is E through B, and those are all having failed the task and then A is what you get for just accomplishing the goal. And then if you do a little bit better than that, you get a double A. And then if you do, like, as good as possible, you get a triple A. There's no S rank. <laughs> Very interesting. That's, uh, distressing. It's just, it's not even like an S rank is, like, a thing that I needed to have. But it just feels weird that you're rewarded for doing better than, like, the base level should not be an A. Yeah. And it's not... At first, I also thought that maybe there would be a system where I would get, like, a shop where you could spend A's. So, like, getting a triple A is having basically completed three missions instead of just the one. Yeah, and that, that would make sense. Yeah. There would be a sort of currency. Right, and it would also reward you for getting really good at a specific task. Mm-hmm. But instead, I think it's just for, like, the sake of having letter grades. <laughs> Completionism is, uh... Sometimes it's its own motivation, but the game generally has to be good first. Well, right, and also, just getting, like, the A's all look the same. They're not very big. They're not very flashy. It's not like you're getting emblems from a Sonic game. It's not like you're getting, you know, the A is is pink in Sonic Adventure, and that is a really striking color for Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. And that is a really striking color, so it feels good when you get the A in addition to everything else. And then, you know, you have your scorecard on each level that shows you all the A's you've gotten. And this, it's arranged in a pretty bland menu, and then the letter ranks are just to the side of the mission, and everything is the same color. It's all yellow and then, like, with a blue drop shadow. So the A's don't look cooler than anything else, and when you have three of them, they still don't change colors. They don't get bigger. There isn't, like, any design around them. So it's just, like, it's as if someone just typed three A's in. (laughs) 
There's no, there's no like, feel to it, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And then also, some of the missions that they have you do, like, the ones where you're hitting the tennis ball at a target make sense, right? Like, that's testing your tennis skills, assessing your control. But also, in the Jet Set segment, there's a part where you just have to run away from the police. All right. And the way that works is you're just on your side of the net, right? And you can't go to the other side of the net. There's no person on the opposite side of the net, and police just come at you from the left and the right. Like, they'll run forward and then they'll take a turn and just point wherever you're at and if you avoid them for long enough they get bored and leave and then more take their place this is a very sumo thing to do yeah it's it seems just like a movement challenge but movement in this game isn't fun enough and that's just what they do for missions in like their racing games so yeah but in a racing game movement and maneuvering is the point yeah yeah and i appreciate sort of the idea for the innovation but it just doesn't feel like it was a fully fleshed out concept it's not like uh, let me try to think of some mario tennis examples for i don't know there's rings over the net so you're gonna try to hit the ball through the ring there was a wii sports mini game that i always liked as a kid which was like you have a wall and you want to like hit the ball against the wall but whenever you do some of the bricks fall off where you hit it so you have to keep hitting it in different places Mm. Yeah, see, those are cool and engaging concepts. And there's a lot of those in this game. Like, there's one where you have to just clean off the graffiti, and it's a little easier because you just kind of have to hit it in general. You don't have to specify the colors. And then there's also one where you have to hit, like, Combo will jump on the net and grind along it, and you have to hit him off the net, which feels rude because he's supposed to be your friend. (laughs) But at the very least, it's using sort of like a Jet Set flavor on the tennis situation because he's grinding across the net as if it were a rail. Yeah. And also, the police are the Jet Set-specific police, so they feel kind of flavorful for the world, too. But not so much so that it, like, made it fun for me. Because Jet Set Radio Future is one of my favorite games of all time. And, for one, they use the Jet Set Radio interpretation of most things, which is the predecessor to Jet Set Radio Future. Yeah. The music is all from Jet Set Radio. The character designs are all from Jet Set Radio. Except for, I think a couple characters use their future design like Combo does. But Gum and Beat, who are both playable, they use their Jet Set Radio representations. Yeah. But it just, it feels like not quite flavorful enough to get me sucked in. And then the other worlds, like the Super Monkey Ball world is is nice to look at, but it was never that interesting on its own. So when you go there to play tennis, it's just like a floating island. Yeah. <laughs> with I, a checkerboard y- pattern on it. Yeah, it's just like a Monkey Ball course, I guess. Right. And Space Channel 5, I think I might like the, you know, representation of this game a bit more if I knew more about the game itself. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because it seems pretty cool, but I just don't know anything that's referencing. And then Sonic's level was not that impressive. It was just like Green Hill Zone, you know? Yeah. It had a bunch of Sonic characters in it, but that was like, that was it. I had Seaside Hill playing because... In Green Hill Zone. Oh, yeah. And also, <sighs> in during the opening, they play a little bit of Live and Learn, I think? I think so. Like, yeah. when the camera pans in on the Sonic level, it plays Live and Learn, which felt weird to me because I was hearing GameCube music on a PS2 game. Yeah, that's that was weird. But the same thing happened with uh, Sega Superstars. That's true. And then, and also, those games were on the Dreamcast as well. Yeah. So it's not that weird. But it still, it felt, like, awkward because there had never been a Sonic Adventure game on the PS2. So Sonic Adventure music felt out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, all of the characters in Sonic's level are from, like, 06 and afterwards? Yeah. Well, don't you mean before? No. The only aren't so is it Blaze and Silver there? Blaze, Blaze and Silver there. Knuckles big. is there and Big, yeah. Oh, is Big there? I did not see Big during my time in Sonic's level. It's 
The big purple cat. I will also say that I spent very little time in Sonic's area. That's fine. I was not impressed, let's say. <laughs> I also, like, I expected things like rings to come onto the field. Like, during regular tennis matches and stuff like that. Like, more wacky things. You would expect there to be some sort of, like, wacky interplay between... A gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Like in and it, Power Tennis. Right. And then, during the missions, there's stuff like that. Like, for example, during the Jet Set 1, spray cans will fall onto the map, and you use those to paint tennis balls, and that's cool. And there's also one of my favorite missions, like, the only one that I actually actively enjoyed, I think, was for House of the Dead. I think it's called... What is the mansion called? It's like Korean or something? Korean yeah, Mansion. Korean so mansion. It, is that like the Japanese title of House of the Dead? I think it's just the name of the location, but I could be well, wrong. Well, everything else is named after a series, so... Yes. It's really weird because they do that in, you know, the next game. So it, it really just gives me the impression that it's like a different title. But I don't... I'm going to have to look this up, so... It, it, se- <laughs> it, it, it seems right like it's alienating because I've heard of House of the Dead, but I've never heard of... Uh, yeah, it's a location... Yeah, well, okay, I, 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 chur- I type Carrie Mansion into Wikipedia, and then it just goes House of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Japanese name is Zahousu Obuza Deidu. Deido, sorry. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's just the House of the Dead, but in, like... Well, no, Kurian is apparently the owner of the, the doctor owner or whatever. Yeah, it's the name of the actual building in the game, mm-hmm. but it's not the name of the series anywhere. It's not like Biohazard and Resident Evil, you know? Like, it's just called House of the Dead in Japanese as well. So... And it's like in the same logo style as House of the Dead, but... Yeah. Why would they do this? Because that's really confusing. <laughs> My thinking is that the reason they did that was because that game series does not get the same representation that the rest of the series got. Yeah. Because there is not a playable character from the House of the Dead. It's only the map that you get. Oh, okay. Do you think they just can't have the word dead in, in an E-rated game? I could see that. That could be like calling it the House of the Dead is a little intense. But they have zombies, so that's weird. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, just hanging out, you know? They're not even caring about brain. They're just there. Right. Well, but that was actually what I was going to mention, was I like the mission in that area because it's you have to hit tennis balls at the zombies, and that feels, like, fun and silly in the way that House of the Dead can get, you know, like, typing of the dead style. Yeah. So it felt actually flavorful for its sort of game. And then it was also just fun to have to hit the zombies because you had to kind of position yourself carefully and you had to learn how to use the swings, but it wasn't so hard as, like, the targeting challenges. Like, it wasn't so specific. So it felt like it would be a nice curve if they put that at the top, like, as the first mission that you did. But it's weird because you can do the missions in any order. You can go to, like, any of the maps. And there are some that are locked, but you have access to, I think, like, seven different sets of missions you can do. So you're not presented with the ones that would be easier to learn on. And then also some of the worlds, their first mission is just a tournament. Like the tournament mode that is present on the main menu. Yeah, that's the Sonic first mission. Yeah, that's why I didn't spend very much time in it because it wasn't interesting. It was just play tennis for eight rounds. Yeah, we figured the Sonic one would be a bit more, like it would be the one you want to start, but a tournament which is kind of, oh, well, okay. Yeah, it, it expects that you've already played the game because the tournaments also get pretty hard later on. Yeah, I'm sure they do. So it's it's weird to me that some of the missions are just play a tournament. And that would be fine if it were like a later mission, because it's like, oh, put all these skills you've learned to use. Yeah. But the first thing most players are gonna do is go to the Sonic level, and then it just throws them directly into like probably the hardest mode of the game. Yeah, yeah. it should just be like play a mission. Right, like collect some rings while you play tennis or whatever. Yeah. 
like go supersonic once like teach them how to use the super mechanic because at no point does the game ever teach you how to use the special move oh yeah it's not relevant to any of the missions so it's only going to come up during the tournaments if you're only playing the superstar mode yeah you also have to like hit the special button again to actually use it it's not like auto like in power tennis although power tennis does have the advantage of where you can just have it do it automatically for you Right, and the other weird thing is that there it's got a meter, right, that fills up, but the meter isn't represented at the top of the screen or the bottom of the screen out of the way where you can see it if you need to, but it doesn't take up, you know, any screen yeah. real estate. It's represented as a giant star underneath your character that looks like it should be a cursor, but it doesn't actually serve to tell you anything about the hitboxes on things. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like the actual range that you can hit the ball that's slightly bigger than the star, and it's not, like, the range... It's, it's not the range on anything. It's literally just a meter that follows your character around as a shadow for some reason. It's the strangest UI I've seen in a sports game. I kind of like the idea of that kind of UI that like follows the player so that way your eye doesn't have to really move. But it was just like, at first, I just felt like, oh, we've just got stars underneath us because that's just like what we are. And it was only yeah. once it started glowing that I was like, oh, this actually indicates something. Right. It's not immediately clear what it's supposed to mean. And then once you realize what its function actually is, it still seems pointless because there's only really two ways about it. It's binary. It's do you have your super or do you not? Yeah. It's not designed in such a way that it feels good to fill it up because you can't really see it filling progressively. You can't really intentionally fill it up either. No. It seems like it just fills as the round goes on because it seemed like almost every time my opponent would get it either shortly after or shortly before I did. Yeah. So there's some element to it, but it's so obfuscated by the game not telling you anything about itself. And there's never a mission where you have to, like, learn about it. Yeah. It's so weird. But yeah, the Superstar mode seems like it could have been cool, but because the game's gameplay is so kind of monotonous, it's just difficult to grind your way to any of the cool rewards. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of it for the game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get into Superstars really because I just was having such a bad time playing the base game. Yeah. Yeah. And then the game crashed after we tried to leave the menu. Yeah. So. Yeah, my game never crashed, but I got quite a bit of slowdown. And I hear that's common with PS2 ports of Sega games for some reason. Weird. Because I know Zero Gravity also had that problem. I mean, I didn't even notice. PS2 games are just slow to me. Yeah, that's true too. But also, at every... And I mean, we talked about this with Sonic 06. Like, load screens are a thing. But... I would be fine with this game's loading time. My real problem is that it autosaved after every single mission that I did. And the autosaving took like 30 seconds. Ooh. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's no good. And I don't think you can turn it off. I didn't look too hard because honestly I didn't plan on ever playing the game again. But it seemed like it was just like the game autosaves. That's that. <laughs> Alright, so we're getting a thumbs down, right? I mean, yeah, there's no real two ways about this. I think that the... The tennis itself didn't seem terrible. Yeah. It's kind of like a Sonic pinball party for the Game Boy Advance thing, where this game I just don't think is designed for me. Yeah. But also, all of the sort of trappings around the game are not great either. Like, I don't think that a person who loved tennis would pick this game over any other tennis game. Yeah. I think that's that's the problem with Sega's, like, party games, is that they're just pre-existing party games, but generally worse. Shuffle had ideas. That's true. Shuffle did... They may not have been good, but man, if Shuffle didn't stuff a bunch of crap into the format. Shuffle r really wanted to be interesting, and it succeeded. But at what cost? Yeah. And I, I can respect that. 
yeah, whereas this game doesn't feel like it's trying a whole ton of stuff. Like, the missions are kind of interesting, but it just takes so long to do them. And the reward for getting good at them is not present enough. So overall, it's like, it's like not fun to learn. And then I don't know why, if you already liked tennis games, you would come to this one. I also don't... Like, I know a ton of people who really like basketball video games, and I know at least a few people who like football video games. I don't know anybody who likes tennis video games. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I kind of liked it, but I just like playing Mario Tennis and Wii Tennis. Right, and Wii Tennis, you know, stands kind of on its own, but I think Mario Tennis, at least I only like it because it's Mario-themed. Right. And it's also got a bunch of unique things to Mario that make it feel flavorful. Like, everyone has a super move, but there's also, like, the modes have items in them and stuff like that, and things feel very, like, wacky and silly. Also, the music is pretty good because it was composed by, like, an RPG composer. That's true, too. The music in this game is all reused in Sega Superstars. And it doesn't even feel like the best tracks, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, once we were playing these games, we just gonna have to listen to Seaside Hill a lot. A lot of the same songs just recycle, same characters. Although it's weird yeah. that the playable roster for most characters, like, especially the first playable character, like, oh, these will be in All-Star Racing. But, like, the second character, like, uh, Gum or Pudding, yeah. Ria Riala, they won't be around until Transformed for some reason. Right, that, and also, so like you mentioned, it, it feels like you're going to hear the same song over, over and over again. One of the unlocks was music. Oh, yeah. But I'm not sure how you're supposed to, like, while I was doing missions in the Jet Set Radio area, once I unlocked a second song, when I started the mission, it gave me a chance to switch the music while I was doing the, like, panning intro. Yeah. But I only found that because of luck, because I set the controller down for a second. Because <laughs> I had been mashing through it every other time before then. Yeah, and they do that in racing as well. Oh, okay, so th this is a recurring thing. Yeah, but at least in that game, you can just use in-game currency to buy pretty much everything. Right, and that shows you that the music is there, and that feels probably more integrated into the system. Yeah. Whereas with this, it feels kind of hidden away, and also... I don't think that I would ever, if I were playing this with a second person, do anything in the single-player mode, especially not long enough to unlock the music. Like, I would just think that the missions didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really it's a really lumpy system. Thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we, we pretty much covered it all at this point. You can find the podcast on Twitter at NoSpinDashZone, and you can send us emails to the Gmail account, NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. Sometimes we stream at twitch.tv slash nospin-zone. You can find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. What do you tweet about, Isaiah? Oh, God. I don't even know anymore, to be honest. Bad jokes. Yeah, mostly <laughs> mostly bad jokes. Sometimes... That was like your old tagline. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it was bad jokes and good vibes was what my what I used to say. But, you know, the vibes get... The vibes get going and they don't stop going. <laughs> they don't stop going. <laughs> if you want, you can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I sometimes post drawings and I sometimes retweet other people's art because I like pretty things. What's your guys... This is the first episode we're recording since New Year's. What's your guys' New Year's Sonic resolution? My New Year's Sonic resolution? Yeah. Uh, to to buy the Sonic games, I don't have more than one week in advance, <laughs> except for Sonic Free Riders, because I have to buy an entire system for that, and I don't want to do that. Well, I was going to say you could be kind and buy the game for whoever ends up buying the system. That's true. I guess I'd like to complete Shadow the Hedgehog or, God forbid, Sonic Heroes. <laughs> Sonic Heroes seems like it would be easier 
difficulty wise? Yeah. I don't know. I've I've made pretty good progress at getting A ranks in Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, but to complete Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, you got to get every single minute route. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to fill the journal. <laughs> <sighs> That's no you you shouldn't that can't count. It's I mean, it's in the game. And you get text for it. If you were playing a visual novel, you wouldn't say you'd completed it until you read every word. <laughs> I could probably do it, though. What I, if... could, I could play Westopolis uh, circa 100 more times. <laughs> I don't know why I used circa like that. Circa. Mine is to find a 3D Sonic game that came out after Adventure 2 that I like. Oh, man. Good. I mean, Shadow the Hedgehog got close. I think Shadow of the Hedgehog was more fun than I had expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Battle is technically 3D in that it takes place in three dimensions. All right, let's. That's a spinoff anyway. Hey, it counts. Yeah, it's also the best Sonic game. I think ever. My resolution. <laughs> hold on, I forgot it. Well, you already said yours was I to know, buy the I, Sonic game more than. A, <laughs> but I forgot my joke answer. Wait, that wasn't the joke answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. For Sonic Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood. Oh boy. Oh no. I have to play yeah. that game again. Yeah. <sighs> Good night. Night. <laughs> Good night. Spin you later. <laughs> Spin. Yeah, that's right. That's our saying. Spin you later. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.